Hey, welcome back to the Infest Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this week we've got Falcons and Soldiers and Supermen and Berserkers. And clones. And oh clones. My. Oh my. Uh, welcome to episode 280, Falcon and the Superman Soldier. Uh, man in parentheticals. So, because uh, we're obviously going to talk Supes and Lolo. And we're talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But just like WandaVision, we're going to give uh, spoiler-free takes. And then you can go subscribe at Patreon to uh, see what uh, what we really have to say with our commentary. Um, and then before we get started, this episode is sponsored by CBS All Access again. Uh, head to infospodcast.com slash CBS and sign up for your 30 days free. Uh, for not CBS All Access, I'm sorry, Paramount Plus, um, which was CBS All Access, but still go to um, infamouspodcast.com slash CBS, and you can watch all of March Madness for free. Yeah, it's kind of weird this year because of how they have, like, everybody is in the sort of pseudo-bubble, I guess, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I didn't even realize it started until I got a notification on my phone that said... Uh, the Ohio State suck nuts lost to Oral uh, Oral Roberts. So, yeah. um, if so, you're yeah, an Ohio I, State fan out there, I'm, I'm sorry. I hate your team. <laughs> well, yeah, it's because Michigan plays tomorrow, and they should have played either yesterday or today because they're it's a first round game. Yeah, you know, are they not doing so, Thursday? Did they not do Thursday games? No, they're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the first round. Weird. Yeah, because I, I think they're all in Indianapolis, so there it's limited to whatever facilities that they they can use there. So I, I don't know how they're doing it or where actually. Well, in Indy, anytime a two a fifteen seed beats a two seed, uh, I'm super stoked. So when it's a fifteen seed that beats a two seed Ohio State team, I'm even more excited. <laughs> so yeah daryl i don't know if i've ever mentioned you how much i dislike the ohio state university uh sports programs did you put the in there or? i i did i said the so okay um you know yeah like if i'm gonna like be mean to them I, I'll, I'll show them a little bit of respect <laughs> <laughs> anywho um oh so um one other programming note we are going to review the snyder cut um but not until this weekend. So that will be released next week, uh, Monday or Tuesday, as a standalone episode. Um, I really have to build up the courage to sit through the four-hour and two-minute runtime again. I am going to love doing that again. I, I tried to do it last night because, again, I had a, another night where I couldn't sleep. But I but turned you it turned off. it on and you went right to bed. I get it. No, no, <laughs> not even close. Well, no, actually, I started watching it before I went to bed, mm. and then I, I was like, okay, I'll watch two chapters. And then when I woke up at like two o'clock, or actually, I woke up at like twelve, did some. Yeah, I actually did work. Okay. You know, I was about to say school work. I actually did some work for an hour and a half, and then I was like, okay, I still can't go to sleep, so. Let you. me try Justice League, and then I only I only got a chapter in. I only got to chapter three, I think, and then I went to sleep for twenty minutes. Woke up. Oh, it's past three o'clock. <laughs> Let me watch Falcon and the Winter Soldier now. Okay, so yeah, I didn't get to watch that until this morning, like later after the gym. So because I had um, training this morning with the trainer instead of my normal Wednesday. 
So yeah, normal Wednesday. Yeah, I normally do Monday Wednesday, or I guess normal Monday. I do normally do Monday Wednesday, but now it's gonna be Tuesday, thir- Monday Thursday because I have to go in earlier. So oh. new job and all. Um, but yeah, so anywho, um, lots of crazy stuff has happened around the Snyder Cut, and I want to talk about that later when we talk kind of about his future with DC and in Warner Brothers films. Um, but to start off, uh, we should talk about the uh, the fact that Jenny Tartofsky's Clone Wars are coming to Disney Plus. So I I don't believe I've ever seen these. Really? And unless I caught them one time online here and there, but I like I've ne- I know I've never sat down and watched these before. So I'd let you borrow the uh, the DVDs, but. I, I know I don't get those back in timely manners from you, so. So yeah, I mean, it's I mean, how long did you have Razor for? How long? Like a year, I think. Or do you still have it? <laughs> no, I don't. Still have it. <laughs> like, I don't think I still have. I'm it. trying to think. I think you might still have it. No, anyway. Um, <laughs> but no. So, um, if you are not familiar, these were. Um, a series of two minute short, like almost commercials that were um, broadcast on the Cartoon Network between 2003 and until 2005, leading up to uh, um, Revenge of the Sith. And uh, they're great. And and so there's um, there's a two DVDs worth of relatively short things. But this is where we get introduced to Asajj Ventress. There's a character called Dirge. Uh, the dirge that is awesome that Obi-Wan battles you find out why Anakin has the scar and like just a bunch of really really cool stuff that happens um, and if you don't know Jenny D. Tarkovsky is the um, the creator of Samurai Jack um, but the funny thing is is uh, there there's like a theory out there right that um, the Tartofsky one is like the propaganda from um the the uh the separatists right that because like, oh. it shows the clones being like very attacky and merciless and like an overwhelming force and then that the um the clone wars the cartoon network regular version george lucas version is propaganda from the republic <laughs> that is funny so which is kind of cool and i might have those backwards but uh anyway uh, I think it's kind of really cool to think about, like, yeah, because they tell a story stories that happen at the same time, um, but you find out why Grievous can't breathe, right? Why he's asthmatic in um, in Revenge of the Sith in the Genity Tartofsky ones, um, and they kept that as canon. So that's interesting because you know the, technically these aren't canon, but at the same time they've taken stuff and like you said um Asajj Ventress was mm-hmm. introduced or Ventress was introduced the whole grievous thing so there it's like the whole picking and choosing of what is like okay this isn't canon but right. you know what we're going to keep this in here yeah. in in our canon anyway well like so. Shock T like spoiler Shock T dies in this one um you know she dies like five times 
Like there, like there's, there's like like a bunch of different deaths of Shock T. I think there's a good article about it out there. It's called like the or a YouTube video or something. That's like the many deaths of Shock T. Um, because <laughs> she she's died in canon several times. <laughs> so she like the phoenix being resurrected. Uh, no, it's just they keep finding different stories for her, and then they end up killing her off at the end of them. Um, <laughs> so you know, there's no Ahsoka obviously in in this, and um, you know, it, it's um. It's a really fun version of Obi-Wan. Uh, he's super snarky, like, you know, which, I mean, he already is, but, like, he's super snarky. Um, you know, this was the first time they showed Grievous in there, um, in anything. So, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a really good one. And I think if you're a, a fan of Star Wars and, and you're not familiar with these, um, it's definitely well worth watching. Uh, again and again yeah yeah i i will definitely check these out because so. there's it's only a few minutes each one is only a couple minutes long so. uh yeah but there were like 10 of them in a row so it's like i think all in it it's like close to like an hour and 15 minutes with like everything um because like in the the first couple seasons oh the first couple seasons they were 10 minutes each and then in the third season they were there were five 12 minute episodes so yeah there's a uh, yeah, a couple like it's like it's like a little over an hour for all of it together. But still, it's it's a pretty cool like like just thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those you can knock out and just like, "Hey, let me check this out. So, I, I got an hour and a half to spare." Mm -hmm. So and then as you watch, um it uh you know, it's just something you can rewatch kind of in the background while you're working or whatever and like right. lean over and watch. Cause like, it's like that Samurai Jack, like any kind of like 2D animation where they, they kind of reuse things over and over again, um, <laughs> which is fun. Where if you're a fan of Invincible, uh, the comic, there's a whole like joke about that in there. So, so. Ooh, yeah. I forgot. Invincible comes out next week. Yeah, March 26th. So we're going to, we're going to have that too. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot going on. I love it. There's, yeah. like, it, it's fine. We're finally getting, uh, getting new stuff out, uh, to watch. All right. Uh, moving on. Netflix is super greedy. Um, <laughs> so they are cracking down on the, the password sharing uh apparently and they're like giving you a message uh that will say you don't live in this house or you you know whatever your your network's netflix password is for a different house or something do you want to create your own or continue um so they're really going to start pushing that down yeah i look netflix this this is from a business standpoint i get it to a point but also you have to keep in mind there are plenty of – when you have a lot of competition, you, you don't want to start alienating you know, your customers. Um, and so this is one of those I, – I understand it, um, but also you also have to understand Netflix. There's are a lot of ways for people to get stuff if – you know. And again, Netflix will look at it like, well, you know, they're not paying anyway, but what about the person that does pay? And right. I, think, I think one of these – wasn't there a streaming service that kind of offered a a pseudo family plan or something like that? And I don't uh, know if I'm I mean just Apple has that. Like the Apple um, Apple TV like has the family plan where like you can have up to five members in your like the household 
that are on there mm-hmm. that have access to like all the different things that are that are in the different Apple services. But yeah, so if you try to do this, um, you'll get a, a page that says start your own Netflix for free today. If you don't live with the owner of this account, you need your own account to keep watching. Join free for 30 days. And then there's a question at the bottom that says, is this your account? We'll send you a verification code, email code, text code, verify later. Um, I wonder how many times you can verify later before <laughs> it'll be like um, I was, I was, enough. <laughs> so I was thinking that too. But uh, you know, I, I think this is this is one of those things where um, you know, it says the average revenue per membership was flat year over year um, from their Q, Q4 earnings call. Um, both reported on, um, you know, domestic and foreign. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I think here's the thing, though, is right now for like the basic plan, it's $8.99 and it's just one TV and one um, uh, phone or tablet where you can download it's unlimited movies and TV you can watch on but any device, it, but it's standard it's only SD. Right. Yeah. So then the standard plan, which is $13.99, it's two of each unlimited watch on your phone tablet. And then that's HD available. Um, and then for $18, it's four. And then everything, then you get the ultra HD or 4K. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we have we have the standard plan right now, which I was going to cancel and then didn't. Um, so I, I I don't I don't I don't know. Like, what do you do with families that have like a kid in college, right? Like, yeah. you know, like I, I'm not gonna like send my kid to college and be like, okay, now you can add like Netflix. You can add fourteen dollars a month to your to your bills, poor college kid. Yeah, it should just be look. And again, I know I'm looking at this like a consumer, but hey, I'm, I'm a consumer, and consumers are the ones that help these, you know, services stay online because right. we're paying the money. It should be, uh, it should be like the screen thing. Well, one, I didn't even know Netflix had a third tier, that eighteen buck tier. Yeah, until I think I read that most article. people don't know that, which is why I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. So, so I, I saw, I knew that about the SD plan or the eight ninety nine. Knew about that one, but it should go. You know, something like there should always be a family type plan where yeah. you can have, you know, what was that uh, one where it was like my top five or something like that, where you could put in your, was it your, oh, that was, was the it old, the like T-Mobile or something like that? It was, uh, it was either T-Mobile or AT&T, but yeah, your top five were, you could like text for free before there was unlimited texting and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Showing so, our age, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like... It, it, it's just I don't know. I think I think it's just really sad. Like if you have like say you have a large family, say you're a mom and dad and you have four kids. Um, yeah. even the premium plan is not going to be enough for you to to no. watch multiple things. And I tell you what, what pretty much directly led to me watching Hulu more and more and more and more is when my wife and daughter were watching Netflix on two different devices. And I would try to wa- I'd like log in to watch something, and I never could because they were already <laughs> watching stuff. And you know, if it was something I really wanted to watch, I'd kick one of them out. But uh, you know, like I'd go log onto the computer and like end all the other sessions. <laughs> like I don't know what happened. I don't know. It's weird. It must have crashed. Oh no! I, I started watching this. One of you has to watch something else. Um, don't think I didn't do that. Oh, you did. That's hilarious. Anyway, um, 
Yeah, so you know, there there's there's a bunch of 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 stuff in there um to 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 unpack. Um but at the end of the day, it's uh it's I feel like it's just a super greedy move. Yeah, I again, like I said, I I understand what they're ta- what they're trying to do, but also just make it more customer friendly in the sense, like I said, just do a family plan or something where you yeah. can just say, hey, you can put this amount of these amount of people in your accounts. They don't have to live in your, you know, in your household. Just do that. What are we going to do if uh, HBO now or HBO Max starts cracking down on that? It's a nice day outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never be able to watch Justice League again. <laughs> I really hope that comes on Blu-ray cuz I am buying the Blu-ray. Uh yeah, I'm also going to go buy a a 4/3 uh aspect ratio TV again. Just to get the little little um just, boost just, tube just to get the the full quality. No, I'm going to buy like a, a flat screen one, square one anyway. Um all right. But- so speaking of Zack Snyder, um so apparently uh he has come out and said that Justice League is is it for him. The Snyder cut is it. Uh there's no more plans for him to work uh on any DC properties. Um, so yeah, I heard this before and then I also saw him like one of the uh YouTubers uh, Tyrone Magnus that I follow, he did mm-hmm. a like a five minute interview where it, like, you know, when Snyder was making, the was rounds, he on that? Um, he was on that. Yeah. He was at, live yeah, he had the Superman right? shirt on yeah. yes. the, Superman and the guns. Um, yeah, <laughs> dude, that dude's <laughs> arms were impressive. Well, I want to yeah. talk about that kind of along with this. Um, okay. so, but, but yeah, so, you know, I'm okay with him being done with, uh, with DC. So, yeah, so there's two things, two points. I one selfishly, as far as I want to see more, especially after what happened with the Justice League. But honestly, after all the shit that's gone on, I mean, I'm not talking about this week, but just over the last few years, yeah, and how Warner's has handled this. Absolutely, if I was him, I'd be, I'd call it quits. And like, you know what? I don't want, and I, you know, probably not say it to them because, but I, I, I want to work with these fucking people. Because they don't know what the hell they're doing. Oh, you cursed. Yes, I did. Darryl, hold on, guys. I, Daryl almost never curses. Like it, it's very <laughs> rare. He's got to be really I, fired up. Or I'm I'm gaming, and then nobody hears me because I'm not. You know, I, I don't have my headsets on. But <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, noob master. <laughs> so, again, I told like one of my buddies we were talking about it today and it's like you know i mean warners is they're 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 being led by it's a team of drunk monkeys these people don't know what they're doing (laughs) whoa 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 you're you're really denigrating drunk monkeys there yeah Um, i'm I'm sorry drunk monkeys don't rip me apart it's a team of of geodes from star wars running it they're just a bunch of dumb rocks yeah i I mean and again you just look at the dceu you look at the way hbo max was handled when it Mm -hmm. launched i mean that was a shit show i mean let's be honest yeah it's still max is still not great um no it's it's much better i will give them that but i mean that's like saying you know as much as i love this justice league saying this justice league was going to be better than the first one i mean that's a comparison because you know it, it 
the way HBO Max launched was shit. That's yeah. that's what it was. It was terrible. So and these yeah. are the same people that are running or have their hands in the DCEU, and that's why the DCEU has been so inconsistent and overall has been such a disappointment because these people don't know what they're doing yeah they don't so, they can't just shut up and let the creators create yeah and apparently he's going to work on a movie uh shot in south africa called horse latitudes um and yeah. then this one terrifies me he's also working on an adaptation of and Rand's the fountainhead uh, for which he's looking to make when the U.S. is le a less divided country and a little more liberal government so people don't react to it in a certain way. Um, if you don't know who Ayn Rand is, look her up. Um, or I guess it's Ayn Rand. I, I don't know exactly how to say it. I've always said Ayn. I always said Ayn. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, The Fountainhead is it's a very long, very like heady book. But it's well worth reading. Um, it's part of the basis for the Libertarian Party. And um, so in my opinion, Zack Snyder should not be anywhere near this property. I love Zack Snyder as a filmmaker, I, even though he has – wait, let, let me finish. He I has his – great moments but he has his limitations and i am not so sure i've never like i've read parts of this this is one of those books i've i started a long time ago when i was in high school or something and i never finished oh see i don't think i would have been able to read this in high school like i didn't yeah. read it until college um and then yeah. i've read it i think three times since um i mean it's long it's like 1500 pages it's it's yeah. a it's a long book, oh yeah i've seen like but... the yeah i've had the like i had the massive so uh, yeah and again that might have been why i didn't finish it it was because you know the high school brain and or whatever but i don't think you know and I, you know i've I've read up about this you know in the past before because i always have to remember myself like fountainhead fountainhead and rand okay and i don't think this is something that he has the capacity let's just say it's not in his wheelhouse to make to be yeah. nice and that's and there's nothing wrong with that and again people look at what we're saying and it's like we're denigrating him it's not i, I, mean, I am gonna denigrate him because well like, you he's super he seems like he's pretty liberal and i feel mm -hmm. like he's going to pervert the message of this amazing book and um, because it's so long and heady, people are gonna like look at that as like the definitive version of the work. Defi yeah, because and, people don't can't and read. No. So. And, and here's my thing: is as much as you like Zack Snyder, I like mm -hmm. his visuals, and he 100% should be a director of photography. He should never be allowed to be the main guy in a movie ever again. See, I 100% disagree so, with that, and, and uh, it's fair. And, and, and you know, and I will, I will say, as far as something like The Fountainhead, though. I would agree with what you're saying in the sense of it's not in his wheelhouse, at least from what we've seen. Yeah. It's not in his wheelhouse to do so. something like that complex. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know. I, I think um, like Howard Rourke is a very interesting character to, you know, my development as like a young adult, um, mm -hmm. you know, as like a, like, you know, when, in my early twenties as like, you know, we were both at a relatively liberal college. Um, you know, I say relatively liberal. It's not like it is now, um, no, but it all. was still uh, probably the more liberal side than what you and I were used to um, growing up in the respective neighborhoods we grew up in. Uh, but like this, it's just, uh, it's interesting. And, and I mean, the book was written in like, 
the forties or I forget exactly. I never mind in the thirties, but it, it's it, it uh, there's a lot of just just a lot to it, and you know it, it it deals with a lot of really complex and 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 currently controversial ideas, and he is after what he did to the geeks and gamers people. Uh, I don't think he has the capacity to to uh, articulate what this book is into a visual format. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that that was my concern because again, he, he, like even people who don't like him or don't think he's great, good at directing, will say he's you know great at the visuals, like you said, and you don't you're not a fan of his directing, which is fine, and I I, I do get that, but I, I also to that point where again what you're saying as far as perverting the message i don't there's a there's not a lot of people in hollywood i would trust with not perverting a message in that movie although there are those who have more of a talent to develop complicated mm-hmm. you know complicated stories better than snyder yeah but I, a lot of them i would still put in that category in the sense of i wouldn't trust them to you know create to 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 bring this to life, I feel like without this is, perverting it with the Hollywood message. This is a movie like that Clint Eastwood could have made fifteen years ago. Yes, fifteen yes. years ago. I don't think today's mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood. He's just kind of long in the tooth, and you know, while his movies are still good, and I enjoy him as a director, I, I think this would be too much for him to bite off. Um, yeah. Other than that, I can't think. I, like maybe Matt Reeves, but I think his property has fallen so much with all the the nonsense that's happened with the Batman and the way the planet of the apes ended as like, just kind of a, it went out like um, a barbed wire death match in AEW, for example. Um, <laughs> let's just say it's more Gilbert's entrance than Goldberg's. entrance. Um, so, you know, God, I love throwing wrestling references out. <laughs> oh, I know. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, I think I think that it's just one of those things where he is he is the wrong person for this job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think that like I wouldn't even want like the people of the Daily Wire to touch this because I think they would pervert it the other way. You know, um, I, I I really do. I think you have to have someone who can can walk the the libertarian line and what libertarian and libertarianism actually is and not like um you know like oh i'm a left-leaning libertarian i'm a right-leaning libertarian then you're not a libertarian you're if you're a left-leaning libertarian you're you're uh or i'm sorry if you're right-leaning libertarian you are a right-leaning democrat if you're left-leaning libertarian you're a left-leaning republican plain and simple um you know, like, and I know that's an oversimplification and in a generalization, which probably isn't true, but uh, it's it's kind of how I feel. Um, I, I gotta say, you, you kind of make me want you make me want to revisit this book, and you should. I, I I feel like the, see here here's the thing, is if this book were, a, just just a little more simplified, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like anyone outside of an AP class could read this. I think if you're an AP student in high school, this is a book for you to read. I think if you're even an honors English student as a junior in high school, this is something for you to read. Um, if you are an English major, this should be required reading for you. Mm-hmm. Um, for Zack Snyder, I don't think he's intelligent enough to do this. Yeah. I... <laughs> so, so just kind of real quick, the geeks and gamers thing. And I don't want to go too terribly far into this because like, okay. I don't know. I watched 
I was watching the live stream. I was excited. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I gave him his name back. I gave him the grace of calling him Zach before, um, you know, I watched the, the Zack Snyder cut. And, uh, you know, Zach is back. Um, <laughs> and, 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 you know, he came on and, and these people, and I don't care what you think about Geeks and Gamers. Um, they they have been raising money for a bunch of different kinds of charities for the last, last five or six months, like really kind of like doing their part. And they they really went heavy with his charity for suicide prevention, which obviously the horrible story of his daughter who, who, who you know, killed herself and while he was filming Justice League, which is why we have the Zack Snyder cut. Um, and he just came on and he did not say thank you. First and foremost, right? Not for the fact that, like, before he even joined the call, in an hour they had raised sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, and one of the things I, I was, you know, I, I I told you that I watched a couple of videos and then I had to be done with it. But one of the things I wrote, I commented on, uh, you know, Young Ripa's first post, and I said the first thing he should have said, and you you even said you had to actually, I don't know if you remember what you told me, like the first, like I do remember what I told you. Yeah, so what you said was perfect, and, and you know I'll just let you say it. So, well, hold on. So what he did was he stepped on, on, came on the screen, and he was all smiling and happy, and then he said, first off, I just want to say we're not affiliated with Geeks and Gamers, and your your web, your picture is on our website, but we're not affiliated with you. And then he went to talk about the, the attacks that happened in Atlanta at the uh, Asian Massage Parlor. Um, and, and, you know, so people are conflating, like, geeks and gamers to the hate attack that happened there, um, which is a problem. Like, there should have been a comma or a period, not a continuation of the sentence. But what he should have said, and, you know, like, I was thinking this at the time, is he should have come on and said, hey, I want to thank you guys for all the hard work you've put in for my charity and for suicide prevention and things that are really important to me. Um, that being said, due to some of the media that media coverage that you guys have gotten of, of late, I just want to say why we thank you for your effort. I, I want people to understand that geeks and gamers and whatever charity are not technically affiliated. Um, we are happy for all the work that they've done and we thank them for that. But, you know, we are not a part of geeks and gamers. Geeks and gamers is not a part of us. And again, thank you for, for all the effort that you've put in and let's talk about the movie. There. Instead, that's all. He, right. Yeah. Instead, he was like, "We're not affiliated." Hate, hate, hate. Virtue signal, virtue signal, virtue signal. Um, which led to donations completely stopping for almost a half hour. So, I mean, they yeah. easily could have. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the way these people are able to get their fans to, um, donate, they easily could have cleared a hundred thousand dollars easily. Oh, absolutely. And yes. I think they ended up at like eighty six k. Um. And, and, and that is on him. And then it's also on him not to have said anything else since then, not to apologize to them, not to say, I am sorry that I slandered you. Or better yet, if that was what he was going to do, he should have just not gone on. He should have just said, yeah. you know, I don't feel comfortable with the media coverage that you guys have gotten. I appreciate what you've done for me. I'm going to gracefully back out before they started the live stream. Yeah, yeah, and and apparently, you know, there was a lot of stuff going on in the background with him, with Warner's, mm -hmm. with the drunk monkeys, whatever. My, and this is the thing. I, I'm glad you said the whole complacent thing because people are trying to say, and again, you know, the bad actors are going to take it and spin it. We know that. 
and that's actually a, a big part of what I'm going to say is even when I first heard it, I understood these were two separate statements right. he was saying. Absolutely. However, it doesn't matter because of the optics of it and the people that run the news are going like they don't care about truth. Right. They don't care about um, using context. They'll just put these two together and say, oh, he called out these all right, which again. <laughs> not getting too political. These geeks and gamers is not alt right. No, and, and I'm and I'm yeah. I'm sorry if people get offended. You're an idiot if you think so. You just are. So, I don't care who it is. You're an idiot if I you mean, think they are. I'm gonna be honest. Ryan Canellis is one of my favorite YouTubers. Yeah, I, I really like hands him. down. Like for 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 both sports and entertainment. Um, I love how he gets fired up, but I also love how he comes at things from a point of knowledge. Um. To go along with the uh, the outrage, um, you know, Jeremy from Geeks and Gamers, um, I appreciate his take on things. I don't always agree with him, um, yeah, but right. I appreciate the fact that he puts it out there, and I really like the team he's put together. A very um, diverse team. I will say, uh, Uche, um, I don't know how to pronounce mm. his last name. So, um, yeah. like, I had subscribed to Uche's channel. And then when I was listening to the like the follow up stream on the Geeks, Geeks and Gamers like page, I actually unsubscribed to him based on what he said to Eric July, and I know he walked I, it back, but it's still like I was not okay with that, and it's like, yeah. sorry, dude. I was I was not a fan with how he handled anything. Yeah, and I and again I know he did a lot of legwork with this, but yeah. again, and so it was dear to him. Yeah, take a breath before you say stuff. Yeah, and again, and let me reiterate. This does not mean you have to like geeks and gamers. No. Like, we, there's there's this idea that because you don't like somebody, you have to they have to be the bottom of the barrel. No, like you can like geeks and gamers or and or not like them, and not conflate them with being a hate group or being alt right or whatever. Correct. Yeah, you, know, you can say, hey, I don't like these guys' opinions. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you have to put them in this bucket where you know they're the worst of the worst. Right. So people like learn to understand. People need to understand that it's fine not to like somebody yeah. or somebody's idea, but stop slandering and stop putting people in these categories that, if you're logical, you know that they are not in. Just stop it. Right. That's all I have to say about that. Just stop that. Yup, I agree, a hundred percent. So, um, all right. So moving on to Berserker, um. This was an interesting book. Uh, so first off, yeah. it's written by Keanu Reeves and Matt Kind, um, illustrated by Ron Gar uh, Garney. Sorry, I was gonna say Garvey, oh, not Steve Garvey. Ron Garney. Um, <laughs> it's colored by Bill C Crabtree, who is one of my favorite colorists in all of comics. Um, he did Invincible and a bunch of other books I write, I like. And it's uh, awesome. you wrote Invincible. <laughs> so, and it's uh, it's lettered by Clem Robinson. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of variant covers and, and things like that. So uh, I highly recommend it. Actually, if you um, if you go to this episode show notes, there is a link to buy the comic um, that will help the show. Uh, so if you are interested when we're, we're done talking about it, uh, that would be much appreciated if you guys would, would go ahead and click on that. Um, and obviously uh, it was created by Keanu Reeves. Um, and it's Berserker, B-R-Z-R-K-R, -R, 
um, <laughs> which is kind of for for someone who's dyslexic, that's a really hard title to read. And it kind of <laughs> gives me a headache. Um, you know, even yeah, with I the first, all caps. Yeah, when I was trying to like, do a search before I like actually saw the title, I'd like knew what it was, Berserker, and I'm trying to put in all these different versions of that name to mm-hmm. you know to have it. Oh. Come up. You did, did you end up just doing like Keanu's comic? <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, I have no idea what's going on here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I actually, so I bought, I, I got the the floppy of this at the comic book store last week. It was, uh, I actually forgot to put it in my poll, so I was lucky that there was an issue left, or a copy left. Um, but I also bought the digital copy just, you know, um, so I could read it uh, more because <laughs> I already bagged it and put it away. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a relatively long comic. It's 48 pages, so it's a little more than a standard book. Uh, I will say it's 48 pages for 499. So as far as a uh, per pay, cost per page, that's that's a pretty good deal. Um, I, I got I got like some John Wick to it. I got a little old guard from it. Um, you know, just kind of the way the story goes. Uh, but I liked it for the most part. I'll definitely get issue two. Yeah, I, I like that compare. That's a very good comparison, the John Wick old guard. Because first of all, I mean that pretty much looks like Keanu. You know, well, yeah, up. I mean it is. It, it's it is. Yeah. So, but and again, he you know starts off with him on a bench in the rain, which yep. is kind of funny. <laughs> John Wick style. I mean, it's not like yeah. I'm not Starfire, where the penguin is Starfire's kid. So, um, oh my gosh. Anyway. <laughs> The penguin and yeah. Starfire had a baby. It's so gross. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I mean, it starts on a bench, and then we get like, uh, you know, it's time, and I, you know, it it goes into like military adventure, jumping out of a helicopter without any like. Was he, was he wearing parachute. a parachute? No, no parachute, no, uh, no <laughs> rappelling rope, just. Uh, his hands taped up like a uh, proto daredevil and his rifle um, <laughs> ready to and, go. And there is some violence in this book. So, some which is part of the reason violence. why I was happy to see that Bill Crabtree was the colorist on this because he does the violent coloring so well from his time with invincible. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I could see that, you know? So, uh, I really like when he rips the guy's rib bone out and stabs him with it, by the way, um, <laughs> which happens around page 15. Um, so, but no, this is great. There's not a ton of dialogue, um, which again leads me to like the John Wick comparison. Uh, but it, it's, it's just, it's a really good book uh, as far as a, a first time writer goes. I know he got a lot, he and Boom Studios got a lot of crap for putting this on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. I don't remember which crowdsourcing one it was on, but they got a lot of crap for like, you know, like what, why is a celebrity asking for people's money to make a book? Because um, they want to garner if there's enough attention for it. Yeah, you know, like I mean, uh, yeah, Hasbro and stuff. Like when they do their um, the Haslabs, it's not. Yeah, Haslabs. Yeah. By the way, I got the it's... Luke in the mall. I ended up getting the mall today. Dude, that mall looks pretty sweet. Well, I just like it that it's the comic book covers. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I do like that. Too. Yeah. Um, I actually got two of the Lukes because I'm totally gonna open one. Um, 
<laughs> and I might I might frame like the case like the the packaging. I don't know. Anyway, um but yeah, no. I mean, this is this is a it's a really nice nicely drawn, nicely colored um nicely written book. I mean, the the dialogue is all on the back end for the most part. Uh but yeah, it's it's just it's just interesting and it looks I, I'm trying to figure out like because I did not read um anything like about it or anything else. I didn't read any reviews, but it, it really feels like there's some elements of time travel or like um kind of like the the animus, is that what it's called? In um Oh in Assassin's Creed. Yeah. The worst part of the game and the movie. Uh, but, well, I mean, yeah. that's the whole movie takes place in that thing instead of yeah. in the past. Well, I mean, when they when they actually go, yeah, the, like you you don't learn, people don't learn. But yeah, I I'm really curious where this is going because you know this guy is he's he's almost like like you, again you mentioned invincible. It's kind of like the immortal in in yeah, a way, in the kinda, sense yeah. that he doesn't look like he can die, yeah. and. It looks like his memories. He's it's one of those where, and I like this where he remembers ev- what he, if he remembers something he remembers everything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, like he remembers being born. You know, like yeah, and, at the and, end. well, yeah, and that was like the one of the things that, and I think that's the mystery that we're going to get as as it unfolds of him forcibly remembering stuff that he chose to forget for whatever reason. And yeah, like he's like, yeah, I remember being born, which is. Okay, that's that's interesting. But yeah, I, I am really curious to see where this goes. And for a first issue, it it did a good job of... It was like that slow burn in the sense of not w- with a- the stuff happening, but as far as the plot unfolding and mm-hmm. who this guy is. Because yep. there was so much action going on and him just... I mean, this page right here, he's just ripping this guy's arm off. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, yeah, I like... I don't know. I think this is the perfect book for Boom. Um, if you if you like this book, check out more stuff from Boom. Um, there's a book called Irredeemable, which is kind of like the worst case scenario of Homelander, um, which came out oh, before I did the read boys. That a lot. Uh, yeah, I read that a while back. Yeah, Incorruptible is another good one. Um, Mouse Guard. I didn't read that one. Mouse Guard is amazing. Um, Hawk and Genesis is is amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of like really good um, Boom Studio books out there that are are well worth reading, um, just for everybody. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna keep follow this book, and you know, me and com- I usually go back and read comics. Mm-hmm. I don't keep up with them. But this is one of those I'm going to kind of keep up with. And also, I'm, I am going to – a couple of those Boom Studio books yeah. I have heard about almost positively from you, uh, most likely from you. Almost yeah. 100%. I mean, most of these are on um, Comixology Unlimited as well. Um, they have a really mm-hmm. good series of Expanse comics, by the way, from Boom. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So I've got I've got – bunch of those they did the farscape comic which is like kind of what got me into them forever ago um but yeah i i just i really i really like i like their books i think i think they're good um actually my favorite boom book is called higher earth it's like uh, a mix of highlander the one and sliders um 
man, there's so much out there, man. That I... yeah. I, so like, I mean, not just only, here's the thing. If you only read DC and, and Marvel, great. Um, fine. No, I'm not judging, not making fun of you. But like, if you go and look at this, like, like there's a book called Lantern City from Boom, which I have. <laughs> I have a Lantern City shirt. That's how much I like that book. Um, and you know, there's just a lot out there for you to 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 see. And in there, if there's something that you really really are into, um, there's probably a book like that that is in that that category for you. So it, it's kind of worth checking out now like these indie there let me rephrase that these smaller publishers you know they can take a chance with a book like berserker or berserker um but uh yeah oh i forgot the other one i really liked from boom was superbia um it was grace randolph's comic series um about like a superhero group that are like essentially uh all live in the same neighborhood um and in the like yeah you know, it's like um desperate housewives meets the justice league sort of a thing i didn't even know she had a comic book out. yeah that was before she lost her mind and started making up news stories uh allegedly <laughs> allegedly making up news stories how about how about go, i throw go, that in there yeah, cover my ass to go to uh to go with jim rome how he used to say allegedly allegedly oh i have a story for you i think i've told you my jim rome story um I hate Jim Rome. I used to listen to. I haven't listened to him in. Yeah, I'll tell you my story. You'll you'll change your tune on him real quick. Uh, I'll do it. Oh, I haven't listened to him in years. But I I don't think he's even on anymore. Is he? I think he's. Yeah, he's he has a TV show. He's like destitute, living in a van down by the river. (laughs) In a van down by. No, because that's cool now. That's what the cool kids do with the van life. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, so so that being said, Berserker is well worth checking out. And and it should be done by all, um, and and yeah, and just check out some other boom books. Um, I'm telling you, if you come to our, if go to the Infos, I'm just plugging everything today. This is great. Um, go to infospodcast.com/slash/comicsology, and you can get 30 days free to Comicsology Unlimited. And I just pulled it up, and most of this stuff that we've talked about is on Comicsology Unlimited. Uh, Berserker is not yet. It usually takes uh, like a month or two before they put this stuff up on unlimited but it's well worth it uh do you remember the movie two guns with denzel and mark Wahlberg? um yeah that's a boom comic as well yeah i i remember watching that movie and it i think in the title credits it was like based off of the comic books or something like that i'm like what so really yeah that movie so much fun Uh, but to circle back berserker i think as far as the first is first issue goes it does a really good job of not telling you anything but hooking you into the larger story and i don't know how many issues it's supposed to be i Um, it said on in the on the first page of i think it was like one of 12 let me see if, if i saw that right uh berserker yes um like in the title page, oh, okay. uh, where it says one of twelve. Oh, I guess I could pull that up and look, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's well worth the read. It, it's a good book. It's um, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this one. Anyway, all right, cool. Uh, so moving on, we've got Soups and Lolo. Yeah. Uh, so this episode this week, um, for for what they call soups and Lolo, was called Haywire. 
It was directed by James Bamford and written by Michael Narducci. Um, I wonder if they call him the Nard Dog because it's N-A-R-D-U-C-C-I or if they just call him Andy because Andy Dwyer. Anyway, office Wait reference. <laughs> yeah, the Nard Dog. The Nard Dog. Um, anyway, so uh, I, the summary for this one, Sam's come, Sam comes to Smallville asking Clark for help with the villain – Thaddeus Kilgrave, um, leader of Intergang, is being who's being transported out of Metropolis prison due to Superman's absence. Sam finds out about Jordan's powers and advises the brothers not to rely on their father. Dick move. Superman appears too late to stop Kilgrave's escape. Morgan Edge goes around Smallville to appeal to the townspeople before a vote on allowing him to reopen the mines. Lois tries to publish a scathing article against him, but Lois's old contract prevents her. Oh, I, man. Lolo tries to get Clark to show up to the meeting, but gets tied up with Kilgrave. Lois and Lana bond over drinks. Meanwhile, Tag Harris, Jonathan's teammate who broke his arm, starts vibrating crazily and tries to hide it. Jordan tries to save Tag, but fails. As Superman is struggling to fight Kilgrave, he hears Jonathan's call for help, giving him strength strength tag is a tag is taken into the dod to be monitored sam seeing that clark is putting his family at a higher priority than the world creates contingency plan 7734 to be used against superman meanwhile edge and lar start digging into the mines and find x kryptonite to help expand their superpowered army all right um so real quick thaddeus kilgrave is a character from the comics he was just introduced in the 80s played by brendan fletcher uh are you familiar with brendan yeah i've seen him and he's been in a lot of, he's one of those so, actors like you might have seen him win uh so my favorite movie that he's done is the yui bowl rampage series <laughs> yes that was i, Which I only are, saw the first they're rampage. sick dude i mean like i like I, I i like them only because of the perversion of it not that i'm like yeah um so just no it's about a kid who goes on a shooting rampage and it's just an interesting the first movie is really an interesting commentary that like you wouldn't think you we would have the uh that that kind of like storytelling in him the last two are just kind of just you know gun porn um i mean <laughs> like porn. literally they could be they could be done by michael bay and and they would just have a better explosion budget um but no, he shows up on stuff all the time, and I really like him. I think he's a good actor. Uh, he was great as Kilgrave. His sonic weapon uh, yeah. was really cool. How it was burning Superman's eardrums. That that's that effect right there was really cool. There's a really nice touch to see. Uh, this is not feeling too good for Soups. No, Soups is like, how my ears, my ears. Uh, um, but yeah, and that, it's sorry. Go ahead. I was about to say, it's just funny every time I heard, like when I heard, because I missed his first name at first, and then I, oh. I only heard Kilgrave, and I'm thinking, what? What's going on here? And I, was, and I figured this was a character already in the DC lore. And again, I've, I've never been a huge reader of DC, but I just kind of figured that that name, they wouldn't use, they wouldn't just create a character's name, Kilgrave, and then, you know, with Marvel, I was like, this has to be a DC character. But yeah. I really liked him. I, you know, he had this, you know, first of all, he's a, the genius mm -hmm. but he has the he has this kind of like slow you know deliberate way of you know conveying his message yeah because he he's basically you know talking to people like they're children because he knows i'm smarter than you yeah 
So, I mean, in the comics, he it's Professor Kilgrave is the name. He's a mad scientist, and he's part of Inner Gang. Um, you know, and they mentioned Inner Gang, yes, too, in which was one. cool. Which was really cool because we we haven't gotten a lot of Inner Gang stuff with Superman lately. Um, I because th- I, obviously it wasn't in um, Smallville. Uh, that have been too much. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. I liked bringing in kind of a, a deeper cut character. Um, and for all of those, it was 1988. So Superman Volume 2, Issue 19 is uh, July of 1988 is when he made his debut as a character. So Yeah, and I, I have to say this one, like just in, in general, there were, there were a lot of things that reminded me of Smallville in this episode and it had to do mostly with the whole tag mm-hmm. you know discovering his powers or whatever you want to call it yeah i just had that that smallville vibe to it where we've seen you know again we've both watched smallville so 10 years worth of smallville wow, i still can't believe that show was on that long but uh, yeah i know i know so x kryptonite is something from the comics it's from the supergirl comics actually um it first appeared in action comics 261 in 1960 um, where Supergirl created it by accident. Um, and uh, what was the cat's name? Streaky became Streaky the Super Cat. What it does is it temporarily empowers non-Kryptonians with uh, Kryptonian-like superpowers. So I'm really glad that X-Kryptonite is a thing, and it's not just a bunch of Kryptonians running around. Yeah, I, yeah. I. That's what I thought at first it was going to be, like, somehow these Kryptonians got there. But I like this idea better. Yeah. And when it's, I'm curious how, you know, the whole temporary thing, because that reminds me of the uh, the movie Project Power, where you get took a pill mm-hmm. and you had, had powers for five yeah. minutes. Yeah. I wonder how long their powers will last and how much they have to kind of, like, well, you know, I recycle. mean, yeah, because, like, Lisa Lar is a character from Candor. And, you know, again, they have Lar, um, what's her name? Uh, the, his attorney or whatever, his henchman who keeps messing with Lois. You know, she's got the the ex-Kryptonite powers. So, um, you know, it, it's 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 a good way to to kind of like have that freak of the week type of a villain right mm-hmm. now. But at the same time, um you know, not have to dip into that Kryptonian well uh, four episodes into a new series about Superman. Yeah, it's... This actually was my least favorite so far of the yeah, season. Yeah, you said that. And I still liked it, though. And again, that's... Like, don't get me wrong. When I say least favorite, don't think I didn't actually still like it. Yeah. And especially, like, watching it again... A couple of the beats that I really liked was uh, I kind of like that com- the um, the camaraderie between Lana and Lois, mm-hmm. and also the uh, and again this was a cut scene. So this scene I'm going to mention was on the CW app or CWTV.com where and it was cut from the network where there's a scene between Jonathan and Jordan where. Jonathan admits that he's been kind of jealous of Jordan's powers mm-hmm. and they, you know, that, I thought that scene was great. And I just like, I always like these, those two together. And then also, and you mentioned this is the, the date scene with Clark and Lois. Yeah. yeah that was great. I, I, I just, I love that. Like their relationship is still the, the focal point of the, uh, the show. 
and it's not going to be, you know, just like a throwaway thing or, or anything like that. Yeah, one of my and again another one of my favorite parts. It, it this it actually let it was a reason why that they had that, you know, that barnyard date night was Lois when Clark did not show up at the you know the um, town hall meeting that he was supposed to show up. He said she was going to show up, but he could not for right. obvious reasons because he was being Superman. And Lois says she admits she's like, yes, I'm mad. But I understand mm-hmm. that you have to save the world, and I'm mad, and I'm also it's just something along the lines of you know I'm mad that I'm like even saying this because I understand, but at this moment I might and I and she says I might regret it tomorrow. I am upset at this, and that is, I love that because it not only does it show her being a human, you know, and not just saying oh I understand this, but that's a human reaction. Even when we know that someone does something and it was out of their control, right. that doesn't mean, you know, selfishly or, you know, we just naturally we can be upset, but we can also understand. It's like hold it's that that idea that we can hold two competing things as a human being in a moment. Yeah. I understand why you did this. I totally get it. But I'm still upset. And and I really love that moment, you know, for Lois because, you know, again, Elizabeth Tullock, I, I mean, I loved her since, you know, Grimm. Yeah. But it just their relationship, it feels like a real relationship and yeah. not something that's just being, you know, written to pass the time on like many relationships on TV shows are. Yeah. And, you know, Especially honestly, shows like this, like I was concerned about this scene with Lana and Lois in the bar. Uh, Cause like I'm like oh god it's a CW show they're gonna try and make one of them like challenge the other ones of marriage you know um, whereas like I liked how Lana came around at the end with Kyle and oh, like kind I, I of really was like, like yes. hey you know I I haven't been and she's like I haven't been putting enough effort into this I'm gonna try if you if you're down and like you know he seems down um, you know like I was looking at um one of the recap sites and they were like the Bechdel test at its most basic test is for blah, blah, blah. And they're like, it was perfectly paced to pass it. And then they were in the bar and it's like, come on. Like, you know, it's just like, get over it. Like the story comes first. Who cares about your stupid test? You know, there's, there's plenty of great shows out there where women aren't fighting over men. Um, and these two weren't fighting over anybody. Like, that's the no. thing. There are two moms who are commiserating about issues that they're currently having in their lives, which include their marriage and their jobs, both oh, of which like are very do. highly placed women managers, yes. like high level at what they do. Like, we got the whole first part of this episode with Morgan Edge hitting on Lana Lang, learning her bona fides and how impressive she really is in this universe, which I thought yeah. was a great bit of storytelling and added this whole other level to Lana Lang Cushing that we did not get before. <laughs> Cause you know, yeah. like Kristen Kruk was really good as Lana Lang. I'm not going to say she was great. She was really good. Right. But right. when, when, when Erica Durant came to that show, the chemistry between her and Tom Welling was off the chart and and yes. honestly, Kristen Crux should have left two seasons before she did. Yeah, I, I probably uh, yeah. Because all she did was try to throw a monkey. Not Kristen Crux, but all that Lana character did was try to throw a monkey wrench into Clark being happy. At that point, yes, yeah. 
And one of the other things is, uh, and again, holding the competing ideas because we, you know, people try to simplify things too much when you're dealing with people, but we're complex. Mm-hmm. What what Lana says, I really disagree with, you know, your Eric about, um, you know, everything with Morgan Edge, mm-hmm. but I can't help but respect how yeah. you know he is as a father and you know supporting you or wh- whatever she told Lana. And that, that actually, I think that's one of those things that opened Lana's eyes up. Mm-hmm. And, and to your point, she was, you know, had the question, I'm not really putting enough into this. Right. You know, I complain and complain, but am I really trying to bridge that gap between us right, right. now? And, and, and that's she, why I like that last scene. She, she had a great line, that. too, because when she was like, he really respects you and all he wants is to be respected. And like it added without Kyle being anywhere near, they showed us a ton about that character and, and what his motivations are for what's happening in their world. And it 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 honestly, because I'm like, dude, I can't that dude's a jerk. I don't like him. Right. But again, I'm I'm I, I'm doing the same thing in the sense I'm simplifying him as a care a person. Mm-hmm. It's more complicated than that. And that scene right there, her saying that actually made me stop and think it's like, well, I'm just putting him in this category because I don't like how he acts. Does yeah. that mean that that's him? No, it doesn't. It is yeah. we're more complex than that. So, and people yeah. do this too often. And again, shows do this a lot too, where they simplify things, you know, for the audience because they don't think the audience is smart enough to keep up. Right. I mean, good but, on Michael Nardog Narducci for <laughs> Nardog. For, for for you know, <laughs> writing the scene like that. And James Bamford for shooting the scene the way they did. Both the breakfast scene where he was making his specialty, whatever animals stegosaurus stegosaurus pancakes dinosaur pancakes yeah yeah, which um i want pancakes now yeah i was like uh so i love pancakes but i only like i don't know like pancakes are great but like i like making while i would rather make waffles than make pancakes i'd rather go out and get pancakes you know what i mean um but yeah i don't know i just i like i agree with you i think this has been the weakest episode so far um and part of that is because dylan walsh's sam lang Sam Sam Lane uh, had way too much screen time and was like completely out of character for what we had seen from him. And the fact that he's following off of what Alex Luther said to him in passing through a droid. Um, and, and now he's creating hell and you know, it's like, okay, so yeah, it wasn't Superman went bad. You guys turned on him and he defended himself and his family. Yeah. And is again, that, is that, that what it is? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing where I think I said that last week or the week before, well, the week before when, uh, when he actually came to uh, general lane with this, mm-hmm. it's like, you're only seeing his perspective. We don't know what happened there. Mm-hmm. Like we were, like people were saying, you know, this is the evil Superman. Do we know that? I mean, again, yes, he do- looks like he does kill people. That doesn't make him evil though. You know, there it, might is be he something. killing people or is he defending other people from yeah. these evil soldiers? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. like we're so bred to think of like the military as the good guys, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that like, you know, or like the the U.S. military as the good guys. We'll put it that way mm-hmm. that we don't yeah. even know if this is like if if this is the mili- the U.S. military. Right. Yeah. This could just be some militant group that Sam and Alex formed. And, yes. you know, yeah. so there, mm-hmm. there, there's so much more to tell. Um, but it really bothers me that Sam has such a distrust of Superman. Um, yeah. 
with without really, you know, other than the fact that he's super powerful, right? Um, godlike powers, and yeah. and that so and that he doesn't trust his own daughter. Yeah, that sets. And yeah, I think you're right in that this episode did a major disservice to his character, and maybe they did that on purpose because they wanted to make him maybe the antagonist. However, even if they wanted to go that route or they want to go that route, it could have been better handled more deftly than. Well, it could have been much more did. nuanced too, because yes. much like uh, Harwood yes. from, uh, or not Harwood, what was his Hayward. name? Hayward. Hayward from WandaVision. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, Dylan Walsh, Walsh is just the mustache twirling, like evil military guy. Yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, it's like I felt it, like, it, it felt really lazy. Especially yeah, because was, we got such a cool villain in Brendan Fletcher this this episode. Yes, and that and again that that was my biggest problem with Wandavision. Like throughout is like especially the second half of the season is how Hayward could have been. You could have made him an antagonist without making him that mustache twirler. Well, because and, again, yeah, Wanda and I know how you pro- hate like how white guys are always the bad guys now. Like you know, <laughs> like well, I mean, again, because. Honestly, let's be honest. The bad guy in that in, in WandaVision was Wanda. Yeah. Like she enslaved. And Agnes. Wanda and Agnes were and the bad Agnes. guys. Yeah. That was a heel yeah. versus heel beatdown. <laughs> yeah. So, But again, we, we love Wanda so much. We, as a character, you're, or we, we're sympathetic, more mm-hmm. sympathetic to her. We'll forgive what she does a lot faster than we would one a, a guy like hayward or someone in real life who does one thing and we just think okay this person's gonna yeah. be on my shit list forever mm-hmm. that i mean that's again going with the oversimplification of things yeah all right so out of uh super vibrating wide receivers what do you give this out of five i say uh 3.25 so 3.25 super vib- vibrating wide receivers. Okay. Yeah. You got me nervous when you said super vibrating. I'm like, uh, where are we going with this? <laughs> so, well, that's what Tag was. He was a wide receiver and he was super vibrating. Yeah. Uh, I kill a solid three. Um, I, okay. I Like, I, I'm with you. I, I think uh, I, I think there were some things that they did that were the best that they've done it so far this season. But I think um, Dylan Walsh's um, – the assassination of Sam Lane, I guess, or a character assassination of Sam Lane, uh, really overshadowed everything else. And I do think while um, X Kryptonite, I'm fine with that being in this universe so early, I think learning about it in the fourth episode was too soon. Yeah, a little bit. They, 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 they kind of, I felt like they gave away a little too much. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because. You know they're on a more truncated schedule in thirteen episodes, or yeah. But but yeah, I still think it, it was a little bit early to yeah. Kind and especially because it's reveal. been picked up for a second season already. It's like wow, you guys could have really slowed down. Um, yeah. So yeah. Oh, it's good though. It's still a good show. Um, oh yeah. You know I, I still thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, I always I oh, like yeah. when I wake up on Tuesdays. I always say, "Oh, wait a minute!" This, or during the day because half the time I don't know what day it is until I look at my calendar. <laughs> but it's like, "Oh, this is Tuesday." Oh, yeah. Soups and Lolo are on. I, I do that. Like so with the next Apple week stuff, is going to be the last time. For yeah, about a f- month. until May. Uh, so with the Apple stuff, like I get a notification like, "Hey, your thing is now on the CW app or now on Hulu or whatever." So um, that's nice. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is pretty nice. Thank you for thinking for me, Apple. Thank you. <laughs> All right. On uh, on that note, so Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode one, New World Order. Um, it was directed by Kari Skogland and written by showrunner Mal- Malcolm Spellman. Um, yeah, right. Down, 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 down. Um, so yeah, it it says here. Um, okay, so hold on. So this takes place a couple months after the blip, right? After everybody yeah, comes I, back. Um, I think he says six months. He's yeah, been working with so, the Air Force. So Sam, he's been working with the Air Force for six months since he came back. Where was he when? Why? Why wasn't the Air Force calling Sam in to be like, "Hey, help us deal with your Avenger buddy"? Yeah. So uh, this is what killed the Netflix shit is them not yeah. having things work together and not having heroes show up to stop things. And, you know, like this is this is what this is why S.H.I.E.L.D. ultimately struggled and had to go all like um, magical and LMDs and stuck in a computer program. And then ultimately to 200 years in the future. Yeah. Um so, and it's funny that, that yeah. in Spider-Man: Far From Home, they kind of make fun of this when Sp- when uh, Nick Fury grabs uh, Peter yeah. and he's like, "Dude, we're the Avengers, or we're Doctor Strange, yeah. we're Cap- what about Captain Marvel?" Right. So, so yeah, uh, so that that right there was kind of a nitpick. But so the summary says, after half uh, of all life returned from the blip, I still hate that. Uh, five That's years so after stupid, they yeah. disappeared, Sam Wilson. The Falcon works with the U.S. Air Force to track a plane hijacked by George Batrock. And the leaper. I, but I don't think his name is George Batrock, is it? Well, they don't, I've only seen him called Batrock. Yeah. I don't so, remember. I mean, it's George St. Pierre. So I, I just yeah. feel like the person who wrote this like is conflating the two things. Uh, and members of the Terrius group LAF, who was mentioned in Winter Soldier, by the way. Uh, the terrorist group. Anyway, Wilson defeats the terrorist and recovers the hostage from the plane in an amazing action sequence, by the way, yeah. uh, with support from Air Force member Joaquin Torres. I'll get to him in a second. Wilson was given the mantle of Captain America by Steve Rogers, but struggles with the idea and instead decides to give Rogers seal to the U.S. government so it can be displayed in the museum with Rogers suit. Bucky Barnes attends government-mandated therapy, best scene in the whole show, uh, where he discusses his attempts to make amends, again, best scene in the whole show, for his times as a brainwashed assassin, the Winter Soldier. Torres investigates another terrorist group, the Flag Smashers, who believes life was better during the blip. They're probably not wrong. Torres keeps Wilson (laughs) informed about what he finds Wilson wants to help his sister Sarah. Isn't that the name of a band, My Sister Sarah? Oh, uh, well, I was thinking um, the Clint Eastwood movie, Two Meals for Sister Sarah. There you go. That one too. With Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. Um, with the family bills in business, but they're unable to get a bank loan. This was the stupidest storyline. Uh, he then learns that the government has named a new Captain America, uh, John Walker, who is American agent. All right. So, real quick, Joaquin Torres is a character from the comics from the all new, all different. Um, Falcon, whatever, Sam Wilson, Captain America book uh, that was written by Nick. Oh, uh, shoot. It just uh, slipped my mind. Anyway, uh, anyway, he was a Hispanic teenager who got merged with Redbird, who was um, Sam's Falcon. 
uh, real life Falcon, not robot murder machine Falcon. Uh, and he has like um, Redbird's like vampiric uh, issue, and he has a healing factor, and he can fly. And he later becomes Falcon as Cap like dubs him so. So um, I love the, my favorite part of the episode actually was the fact that they brought Joaquin into the story in a really organic way um, where the, the, the possibilities are open 100% for this character. Yes. And he was my favorite I, character of the episode, by the way. Yeah. I, and I love the, you know, that the chemistry he had with Sam and he wasn't just a pass off character he again he was the one you know he did his own thing when you know when sam was back in the states he was doing his own thing yeah so i i'm really curious to see where they go with this character i mean I, i've seen the actor in a few things and and i like him you know it's he's not been in a ton of stuff that right. i that at least that i've seen but i like the character itself um yeah My, i also oh sorry good you're i was about to say i also speaking of characters you know secondary characters i also like the upgrade they gave uh red wing in this yes i mean that little thing was he, i mean he was beeping and bopping like a droid too yeah so. i mean he's a 100 percent murder bot now <laughs> i like the murder bot i mean he, he really is i mean he, he he blew up four helicopters um we'll get into sam's death count here in a bit but um i will say like the like joaquin torres like when they're in the where they're in that square right and he's on his phone and it looks like he's like taking selfies and doing like a Facebook live. And he's not. He's looking for the geotags that are left by the flag smashers. Yes. And, and it was like that little thing. You're like, what is this dude doing? Oh, he's doing his job while, you know, Sam is belly aching over, you know, whatever it is he's belly aching, belly aching over at the time. Um, you know, I, I I found that that pretty pretty interesting to see. Oh, Danny Ramirez is the actor. Let's see his filmography. Um, okay, for television, he's been in The Affair for one episode, Blind Spot, Orange Is the New Black, The Gifted for three episodes. Yeah, that's what I remember him from. Um, on My Block. I don't know that one. Uh, and then this, and then he was in Assassination Assassination Nation. That's hard to say. Tone Deaf, Lost in Transmission, The Giant, Silo, This Is Not a War Story, The Valley Girl Remake, Root Letter. Oh, and he's in Top Gun Maverick. So Yeah, I did see that. So when is that supposed to come out, by the way? Uh, I don't I have no idea when anything's coming out anymore. I mean, yeah. maybe never, maybe it'll be on a streaming service. Who knows? Who um knows? yeah. But yeah, you're right. Their chemistry was great. Yeah, and, and I and I I really care I really hope you know, he's in this for the long haul and not just kind of, Hey, say something happens to him and Sam's going to have to, you know, avenge him or something like that. Uh, I was really afraid that that was going to happen when the flag smasher super was uh, beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So when he, when he ultimate warrior slammed him into the ground and I thought I heard some crack. Right. So, yeah. And then he kicked I'm him. Like, in the head. I thought he was, his head was going to explode like Homelander style. Yeah. When you kick him, so um, this is a Marvel show, so well, a Disney Plus show. They I said say. the f word. Yeah. So speaking of which, um, I will say this. Well, like you said, the action in this 
as far as the the introduction action scene was something you would see in a movie, not a TV show. No, it like, was it was amazing action, and Sam killed like six people, not counting all the helicopters he and his murder bot blew up. Yeah. Well, hey, war is hell, as yeah. they said. Um, by the way, it's Nick Spencer who was the writer uh, of that book. Oh, okay. Um, and Nick Spencer definitely has a, a shaky history as a writer and and with what he's done, but I thoroughly enjoyed um, that. And he's the one, I believe, who introduced the Nazi cap, like the Hydra version of cap um, mm-hmm. from like the, the ultimate alternate timeline type thing with the uh, Cosmic Cube. Anyway, um, yeah, so no, that, that opening scene was – um, I think the kids would call it a maze balls. Um, it, it was like I think you would just call it a maze balls. Oh, one hundred percent. No, I would call it a a h amazing, m a z i dash amazing. You know, uh, uh, wait for it, amazing. Um, but I would call it omezo. Omezo. Uh, <laughs> I would call it falcorific. <laughs> Too far, <laughs> went too far. Yeah, I never yeah. know when to stop. Anyway, yeah. Um, but no, it, this was great. Like, um, I thought George St. Pierre was great in in this. Um, I'm glad of, he got out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he he's definitely gonna be back. Um, when when Sam grabbed that dude in the squirrel suit and then just threw him up against the uh, the rock and let him fall, I was like, damn. Yeah. Falcon's got teeth uh, or claws. As the case, movie. eagle fang, yeah, falcon fang, falcon fang, falcon fang, midair karate. <laughs> um, but no, this, I mean it was really cool. Like I liked um, seeing some limitations to the suit, to the wings. Um, mm-hmm. Like when he was trying to go through that tight space, and they were, uh, they they you know sparked up um, when the the backpack got shot, and the the you know the Stark tech had to reroute power to be able to you know, keep him from getting caught by the missiles was really cool. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I love, I I just love the way they do Falcon um, ever since the winter soldier. Right. Like, like when they're where, when they're on the helicarrier and he jumps off and, you know, he keeps opening and closing the wings when he's going up against the Quinjets and stuff like that. Like that was, it's just the way, the way they do that. Um, one kind of feels realistic and two is just freaking awesome. Yeah. I like how awesome would that be to have a suit of wings like that? Man. That's all I want. That's really all yeah. I want in life anymore is to have those wings. Yeah. You, you put your bike away and you, <laughs> you just, you'd just be buzzing people, buzzing the tower oh, all dude, the time. It, wouldn't you? Okay. Here's the thing. If I could fly, my feet would never, ever touch the ground again. Yeah, that would be. I would I would literally fly everywhere. Like I would just fly to the bathroom. I would fly in the shower. I would like literally I would, I would never fly in the shower. I would never wear shoes ever again because my feet would never ever touch the ground. <laughs> You'd be kind of like hovering as a uh, our boy yeah. um Cowell. Yeah. I, I would literally just like even if it's just a couple inches off the ground, I would just constantly be hovering. So um So you wouldn't sit down either, would you? No, I would literally like I would like cross my legs in midair, like you know, and just kind of like seance it out. Um, <laughs> you know, I liked when I liked when Joaquin uh, or Torres, as they like Lieutenant Colonel Torres. Uh, or wait, no, it wasn't Lieutenant Colonel. What was it? Uh, 
Leonard I mean, was I lieutenant. It was something lieutenant. Anyway, uh, I like when he fanboyed out <laughs> at the end there when uh, when Sam got the uh, got the guy out, which yeah. was an amazing scene when he flew through the helicopter opening and grabbed the dude and just like rolled out. Um, yeah. That was really cool. Uh, but yeah, and then so we get this amazing set piece to open up, right? And then we slow it down with the two of them in the, the um, you know, Middle Eastern bazaar drinking looked like Turkish tea, um, you know, having a conversation. And, and, you know, Joaquin's like, hey, Cap's on the moon, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, which is funny. Which is something because... I didn't even think about that they would have to cover, right? I just assumed they'd tell everybody Cap died and, and whatever. Cap got old. Cap's an old man now. He, like, sacrificed his, his you know, whatever. Um but yeah, maybe but Cap's it, dead at this point. Maybe he died yeah. like immediately after know. giving Sam the shield. Um, if he I, did, Sam is is not a not a good friend to Captain yeah, America. So, so, <laughs> so I laughed at that scene where he was like on the moon because you know I play the Avengers game and something about happens with Captain America that he does end right. on the moon, yeah. which is funny. <laughs> well, because so he I, quote I unquote dies at, at the beginning of the game. So yeah, um, right. No, but that that was really cool. And then, like when he's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I got to do moon stuff." Yeah. <laughs> um, I, the the speech I think he gave was great. I really like Anthony Mackie as an actor. I I think, I think he's like, he does a lot of things really well. I don't think he does anything especially great, you know. Mm -hmm. But I he's think just solid all around. Guy. He is. He is actor. like he's like a Pete Rose, right? He, you can put him in at any position. He can be funny. He can be serious. He can be badass. He can be vulnerable. He can be yeah. whiny. Um, you know, he he literally can can do anything you need him to do as as, and especially kind of makes sense as, as the co lead of this show. Um, right. You know, so watching him give the speech and 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 struggle with the shield was was really cool. Um, I told you when we talked on the phone this afternoon, I do not like Don Cheadle as Rhodey Rhodes. I did not really want him in that scene. Um, I don't feel like they ever resolved what happened in Civil War with the two of them. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point. Um so. Although it was more vision that, well, like, I, but, I know what you're but saying. But here's the thing. It's like, I'm sure Sam feels some guilt, right? Because he yeah. ducked out of the way. But Rhodey was trying to kill him. Like, yeah. so if I, I'm Sam, I don't forgive that. So, I don't know. I, I And again, that's one of the things that sometimes you want, even if it's a couple lines here or there. And it, uh, it, it, the way they presented these two guys, it, it, it was as if they, it was water under the bridge. But we never see, you know, that rectification of, hey, what we were doing was, you know, we were we were coming close to killing each other, like you said. So I don't know if I needed Rhodey in that scene, but I do like I like Don Cheeto as an actor. And I, and again, I told you that I like I like 
his version of Rhodey better than I like Terrence Howard. Yes, yeah, and, and again, I like is, Terrence Howard a lot. So. Yeah, and again, this is not me saying I don't like Terrence. I actually like Terrence Howard as an actor. Yeah, and, you know, I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, and I really like him as an actor. It's just, and again, and I, I like these discussions when we're like on opposite sides, just because again, it shows that hey, you know, we're simpatico with a lot of stuff, but again, I'm, there was a lot of things that. Yeah, I mean, like I'm obviously it, right in this situation, and you're 100 <laughs> percent wrong, but still, you know, it, it's just. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. But, I had to. But, I had to go there. But no, you're right. Um, and and but I I I liked, I liked the the interactions between Robert Downey Jr. and Terrence Howard better, because mm-hmm. I I felt like it was more real, and I don't think in five six movies whatever it is that Don Cheadle has been in at this point, I don't think I've ever really believed him as like. Not only the badass like James Rhodey Rhodes, but I've never bought him as War Machine. Um, You know, the fact that like in Iron Man 2, he flies the suit and immediately gives it to Justin Hammer. That never that never made sense to me as a character. Well, Um, and and the fact that I don't feel like Don Cheadle as an actor shows like contriteness or like hesitance uh, of doing things very well. Whereas, like, we were just talking about how Anthony Mackie does a ton of things mm-hmm. really well. I think Don Cheadle is at his best when he's a super cocky guy and um, is is at his worst when you're asking him to show some sort of vulnerability. Well, I will sort of agree with the last part, but disagree as well. Sure. One of his best scenes is in Civil War at the end when him and Tony, you know, when he's doing the... You know, when he has to when he's yeah, Tony Stan. Yeah. Yeah, where they're where they're playing with the new like the pros, not prosthetics, yeah. but the, kind of like the legs. The power, the power legs. Yeah. And I love that scene. And it, it's it's a really short scene. And mm-hmm. and to your point, I do agree. I don't think he's been given enough. And I don't mean necessarily Don Cheadle. I mean the character itself. Because yeah. the first remember, think about the first Iron Man. They didn't know what was gonna happen. So no. they had to like they, I mean, they really kind of played up that relationship. And again, mm-hmm. I, I thought Terrence Howard was fine. And I, it's, don't get me wrong. I don't think he was terrible or anything like that. And again, I didn't like Iron Man two at all. I, I so, think, I think for me, part of it is being a comic book reader, right? Like James mm-hmm. Rhodes, right. like Rhodey is like a bigger dude, right? He's just kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, a bigger that, yeah guy. he is. And, and Cheadle is definitely more slight. I mean, he's a, he's a typical yeah. Hollywood actor sized human being. Um, which most of them are not large humans, just plain and so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not. I mean, like, and yeah, I, it's not. I'm not. It's not like I'm not being like heightist or anything like that. Um, it's just they're not like big dudes. Uh and and you know, we, like, it, like when we were watching like in the Snyder Cut, like, or just in and even in the Justice League, um, where you know. Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill are standing next to each other. They're roughly the same size, but like I think Affleck's like six four. Yeah, I don't know how tall you know? these guys are. And I yeah. think Cavill's like six three. Like so, like I said, they're roughly the same size. But like if you throw them next to Ezra Miller, they're going to be towering over him, and they do. You put them next to Jason Momoa, and like you know, he's he's not as tall as they are, but like he holds his own. Like Gal Gadot's mm-hmm. six foot, but like. You know, you you get like these other actors. Like I think if you put Jesse Eisenberg next to next to him, like just in real life, he, he's probably a foot taller. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, but I don't know. I just I, – I, I didn't buy – I don't buy Cheadle in the role. And, and I, yeah. I didn't think we needed to see him. And, again, where's him as an Avenger, like, sticking his nose in what's happening with the Hex? Because he yeah, actually again. is working with the military, for the military. Yeah, yeah again, that's one of those things we're going to always see that issue because – Unless they explained it in Doctor Strange too, but still, like, it, again, that's an issue, you know, for another day. Yeah. But as far as what Rhodey presented here, I get why they brought him in, yeah. in the sense, you know, Sam needed to bounce this off of somebody, and him and Bucky aren't there yet. Yeah. So, and and again, Torres is doing his thing already. Yeah. So they, I, I do think they needed someone to bounce, you know, that what Sam is grasping mm-hmm. is not grasping, but what he is um, struggling with. He doesn't feel like he's worthy of, but, and it's not necessarily that he doesn't feel like he's worthy from a good person standpoint, right. but the responsibility mm-hmm. as well. It's like, I, I mean, that's a, that's a strong responsibility. Yes. And, and I think that he understands that he's like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Right. And right. so that's why, I mean, even though I didn't, I don't know if I really, won it Cheeto. I was fine with it. And yeah. I do like when he's like, so why didn't you pick up the mantle? Mm-hmm. And he kind of goes up on what with what he told Cap at yeah. the end of uh Endgame. But And it mirrors what Cap said to him and then what we got at yeah. the beginning of the episode too, which I thought was great. Um all right, so there's a lot more to talk about with this and I want to save it for the commentary track. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah there was you, yeah, yeah sorry. I was going to say, if you guys want to hear say, what we have to say about Bucky, yeah. uh, you have to, you have to pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. He had there. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm so interested to see, and I will just say this as a hint. One of my, one of those lines that gets undersold in civil war was when Tony has Bucky, you know, he has him in like mm-hmm. that rear naked choke and he's like, do you even remember them or their names or something when he's talking about his mm-hmm. parents? And then Bucky says, I remember everyone. Yeah. And that is, I think that people undersell the importance of that line and mm-hmm. the fracture in a guy who for 90 years mm-hmm. has been used as a puppet to kill and murder people yes. against his will. And he remembers every single person he's yep. killed. Yep. That is just, I mean, that is horrifying. It is. So, all right. On that note, um, thank you to Matt and our new patron, Jess. Uh, Woo-hoo, for, Jess. For, hey. Yeah. Daryl's lady decided she's going to uh, help fund our podcast, which is great. Thank you, <laughs> Jess. Um, which, by the way, when you come up next week, I'm sending you home with a bunch of stickers. Um, all right. <laughs> anyway, and I'm trying to work on getting that snapback for her. Um, okay. But I might not get it before you come up. Okay. Anyway, that being said, thank you to the both of you for for backing us. Um, we appreciate it. You guys should definitely follow their lead and uh, and and support the show for sure. Um, but yeah, on that note, we are gonna end this episode. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Um, it's almost summertime. Make sure you get outside and listen to us while you're taking a nice long walk. Yeah. That's so, yeah, breathe in that fresh air. But uh yeah, any last words? No, that's 
Can't wait to talk about it a little bit more, though. Oh, dude, I like I I like. Oh, well, we got to give it a rating. Um, so oh, yeah. let's say out of um, murdered squirrel suit flyers, um, out of five, what do you give it? I would give it a three point seven five. Oh, you see, you're going with these like fractions. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go four. Okay. I think it was a really solid pilot. I I, th- I thought yeah. I thought I. I it was really good. And the fact that it's only six episodes and it was a 49-minute runtime where if you take out all the fluff, we probably got a solid 37 minutes of of episode. I really appreciated that. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to with this story and where it goes. Yes, sir. All right, on that note, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time. Peace out. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.